Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I like when you can go by price because I can go right down to the bottom. (laughs) Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. (laughs) Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm, my name is Whitney Cummings. And I feel stressed out about being Conan O'Brien's <laughs> friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my trusty assistant, Sona Movsesian. Hello. Although your real name is Talene. Talene. But you decided to go with Sona? I didn't decide. My parents just started calling me Sona. Why would they give you one name and then just start calling you another? It's a long story, but Sona's my grandma's name. And it's an old lady name. And so my parents were like, let's name her something hip. And so they named me Tallene. And then my grandpa was like, why aren't you calling her Sona? That's my, you know, right. late wife's name. And so they just, and when I was a month old, they they stopped calling right, me Tallene. Right, right, It's awful. It wasn't that long, that story. Huh. What? Oh, I know your middle name. I don't need to ask. Christopher. I'm Conan Christopher O'Brien. Matt Gorley is also uh, joining us, as always. Do you have a middle name, Matt? Yeah, James. Oh, Matt James. Matthew James. Matthew James. I I thought you might be like a Ulysses or Aloysius. You know what I mean? You have that kind of, like you might have some kind of name like that, but that's a cool name. You got a good name. Yeah, I guess I just finally passed the test, huh? What are you talking about? I'm good to you. Sure, we rib and Josh- Uh, and gallivant a little. Yeah. I grew up in a family uh, with uh, a lot of brothers, and we used to just, you know, sort of uh, bump up against each other, like cubs playing. When I cuff you, I'm like a giant bear uh, tearing at a small defenseless cub. I grew up in a family of polite, kind people. God. Yeah. <laughs> so. What happened? How did, you, how did you get out of there? Civilized. Yeah. That sounds boring. <laughs> I grew up quite differently. There were too many of you. What's that? There were too many of you. That's not a nice thing to say about my family. It's, there's a lot, six is too many kids. uh, Yeah, so which ones do you think shouldn't exist? Uh, Where do you come in that? I'm in the, I'm kind of in the middle. Justin for sure should exist. Neil, I like Neil. I like Luke. I like Kate. I like Jane. Okay, yeah, let's go with those. Yeah, those, those five. (laughs) Okay. All right. 
Well, and I'm I not get, even trying to figure I out get who's the missing there. I get the picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you guys something because I I will admit I'm I'm not an expert on podcasts, and we've uh, we've determined that. But I'm confused about something. I went to a uh, event at my son's school, and this guy came up to me who's jacked, really in good shape, and he said, "Hey, Conan, I really love the podcast." And I said, "Oh, well, thank you very much." And he said, "Yeah." Um, I do this really intense workout. He does like a 40-minute, get your heart rate up, don't stop, burpees, using every muscle group, explosive action uh, workout. And he says, and I listen to the podcast (laughs) during it. And I was totally mystified because, and I said to him, I can't imagine working out to this podcast. I understand it. I do work out. And if you, you're only hearing my voice, um, but if you could see me, you'd, you'd say that's a guy that works out a lot. Oh, come on. You okay? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but I do work out a lot, but I need to listen to music. Yeah. And I am a podcast fan, but I cannot be listening to conversation when my heart rate is at like 160. I think most people are that way. The reason I would listen to podcasts when I was working out is because I need my brain to be distracted from how miserable I am yeah. working out. And mm-hmm. music wouldn't do it. I need, right. I need to be tricked. No, music completely does it for me. But music for me, makes yeah. me feel like I'm in a movie. And when that song is playing, I'm the hero and I've got to get up <laughs> that mountain. No, I'm serious. And I'm on the treadmill and I actually crank it up. If it's a really good song I like, I can, I can lift weights that I couldn't normally handle if it's a really good song. But listening to a reedy-voiced, thin-lipped, beady-eyed comic going, hmm, yes, well, good point. That doesn't sound like something that, that was me, by the way. Uh, that, that, I, I can't they imagine. They can't so- see you. What? They can't see no, you. But my vo- I don't, you I say just, your voice? I just picture my voice and this medium not being appropriate to a high-intensity workout. Yeah, that- it would be tough to work out to this podcast. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, or a lot of podcasts where they talk about glass figurines, you know, or butterflies, or do you know what I mean? A murder in Encino that was solved easily, but let's talk about it some more. Do you know what I mean? Like those podcasts. <laughs> what music do you listen to that gets you really fired up? Uh, any show tune. What? <laughs> Oklahoma, where the wind comes screaming down the plain, and the waving weed nature smells sweet. That really gets you going? Uh, it does. Okay. I feel, no, I know. I, I listen to uh, like just a metal? big metal. No, I don't listen to metal, but I, I listen to a mashup of all kinds of uh, songs. And um, and and so you never know what I'm going to be listening to. I might be listening to some Beastie Boys, but I might also be listening to some uh, brand new music like Coldplay's first album. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the stuff that just came out. <laughs> and it was all yellow. <laughs> I like to go up to our interns and go, hey, how about that uh, first Coldplay album? It's all yellow. <laughs> You're making were, them all sound so cockney. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They were all just not even alive then. No, they they actually were they not. They were not. No. They were not. Yeah. But anyway, I, if you're out there right now, now I feel self-conscious because maybe someone's listening right now and right working now, out. Right now, that guy probably is. Yeah, and I took him out of it. No, we can get him back in. Okay. Coach him back in. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, this is Conan O'Brien. You can do it, man. <laughs> you can do it. Run harder. Run faster. Oh, Come on, I'll quit. sing a song that'll get you going. And it was all yellow. <laughs> I swept the chimney. I swept it real good in me neighborhood. And it was all yellow. 
Mary Poppins. She says that I'm her chum. I have soot on my thumb. And it was all yellow. That guy's now, his heart rate is at 250. We don't have time for this foolishness. We have a great guest today. Yeah. Terrific guest. My guest today is a very funny comedian, author, actress, and producer. She has appeared on Comedy Central Roast and was the co-creator of the CBS show Two Broke Girls. Her most recent special, Can I Touch It?, is available on Netflix, and she now hosts the podcast. Good for you. Very excited uh, she's with us. Whitney Cummings, welcome. I feel like there are so many different ways that you and I would probably connect. Mm-hmm. I always have a good time. The times that we've hung out, mm-hmm. mostly uh, in your house. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you've got to close that window or I'm going to get say, in. <laughs> I don't remember any of this, but. Yeah, you leave it. So every great relationship starts when I completely see unconscious. A, yeah. When I see an open window and a trellis, <laughs> I come in and chat. I'm called the Hillside Chatter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be strangled at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Hillside Podcast. People are always like, did he do anything? No, he didn't touch me. No, he me. came in and made me record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, he came I in. I need to call the police. Yeah. It's so great. He's struck. So far, he's struck 45 different locations in the Pacific Northwest and California. And what has he done? Mostly chatted. Had nice conversations with women that ended with them deciding to be friends. Uh, but no more and no less. Uh, no, you know what's interesting is that uh, we've hung out a couple times in different situations and you're always very funny and very nice. And then I realized that we have some similarities, which mm-hmm. is we've both spent some of our a good chunk of our career doing self-deprecating stuff, Ooh. you know, which is which we can get into. Right. And also, one of the things that uh, struck me is I, I think I heard you say once that you were a very serious kid. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, I got to ask her about that because that's the disconnect for a lot of people. They'll meet someone like you and they'll think, oh, she was- Class uh, clown. Class or, clown. Yeah. And and this is where I can relate to you that I was deadly serious. I think for me, like, especially when I was a kid, I wanted to be taken very seriously. I was the youngest. There were a couple siblings. Like, I couldn't get any attention. I thought being a serious adult was like, this is how I'm going to- I'm going to be equal to the adults. And I would like read the dictionary and study words and try to say big words. And I think my opinions were just inherently funny to, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was like, this is actually my take on this thing. And I I was thought I was engaging in a conversation and people would laugh. And I was like, Oh, I guess my, my hot take on this is just so ridiculous. It makes people laugh. (laughs) You know, like I didn't, I wasn't trying to be funny. So they were laughing at you trying to be serious. At my serious idea. <laughs> like, That's this is, humiliating. This is a serious bitch. I remembered once my father, like, I, was, I was in a room with my father, I think, and my brother Luke, <laughs> and they were talking about something and they were both giving me a hard time about something. Uh, and I was on the couch and I think I would have been like, whatever, 14, 15, that yeah. kind of grumpy age. <laughs> and I just kind of said, I said like, well, I don't know why you guys are giving me a, a hard time. And I said to my dad, I'm the best one you've got. Like, <laughs> And my dad laughed really hard, and my brother Luke laughed really hard. And I was like, what? 
I, I, I meant that to be serious. <laughs> what you said was ridiculous, but it wasn't ridiculous to you. Right. And I, I still feel like that's what I do. And, and I still think I'm the best they've got. Don't. <laughs> we'll get the others on the phone and, and two of them will agree. Like I remember even, because I was in LA for like a year before I started stand-up, maybe two years. And remember that show, Everyone Hates Chris, mm -hmm. the great Chris Rock show? And um, someone was telling me about how the uh, actor playing the kid was growing up, mm -hmm. you know, and they couldn't keep doing the show because the actor was getting bigger and da da, -da. Right. And I remember going, oh, well, why don't they just make everything bigger so he looks smaller? <laughs> like like a really big mug and like put him in like a, a really big chair. Right, right. And I thought that was just a good idea. And people started laughing. And I was like, I think I just have ridiculous. The only thing you didn't, the beard would have been a problem. <laughs> That's true. Like, we'd fix that in post the or something. The beard and the very deep voice would have I been a usually problem. just, my solution to a problem that I truly think is a good idea. See, why is that funny? I See? think it's a good idea. Yes. And you know what? Uh, it's, a, it's a terrible idea. I do. But, and that's why everyone's laughing. But I'm I like jealous. That. You're all jealous. So, um, so that was my whole childhood was just like pitching an idea and people laughing and being like, I'm not, st stop laughing. I wasn't right. like everyone laugh at me. I was like, stop laughing. I'm being serious. Right, right. I used to, in our neighborhood, there'd be like these pickup games of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I mean, very small neighborhood and very uh, unathletic kids. So mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to misinterpret that I was in like some kind of cool street basketball <laughs> game. Uh, but anyway, it was just lo local kids and we would play at the, and we would get together on this part of our street that had a basketball hoop and we would and we'd play basketball. And all I would do when I was playing basketball was pretend to be different people. And I would spend time explaining to everybody, mm -hmm. now this guy, mm -hmm. he does a lot of blow, he does a lot of cocaine, <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's a really selfish player, <laughs> and um, he likes to show people the ball before he lays it up. And people would oh, be like, so what funny. the fuck are you talking about? And I would right. say, now this other guy, ah. this other guy, um, and I would make up these different people, and I would spend a lot of time holding the ball and talking about who I am now. Yeah. And that's when I think people started, to, I started to realize, oh, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah. Uh, and maybe huh. there's a way to, you know, utilize this was, was that like disassociating or were you like very conscious that you were doing characters? I just, it's, uh, I think a lot of it's, uh, it wasn't that conscious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't having a mental breakdown. Yeah, if that's right. what you mean. I wasn't having a-, a I mean, a, it was just like, like, I remember seeing Robin Williams once- uh, at the comedy store, and it, I felt like he was not totally in control of his talent. It was just like he was just going into characters, and it was just so second nature to him. Right. I was like, it's it's a gift, really, to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. No, I'm I am uh, Robin Williams. <laughs> if that's what we're taking from the story, <laughs> and I remember Robin saying to me once, uh, and he, no one else was around, but he said, "You are every bit as talented as me, if not more." <laughs> And I, I, did, I heard that. Yeah, remember. So uh, anyway, don't don't <laughs> not don't check. Yeah, I like That's people. I like. I mean, after people are gone, I've noticed there are celebrities that say, "Yeah, I ran into them." Once the celebrity yeah. is gone, they go like, "I remember the running into them yeah. once," and they said to me. Whatever I can do, you're just so much better than me. And you're like, can know, we have? Is there not, anyone else can they, around? Can they to corroborate this yeah, story? Yeah, did someone take a photo, or can I we get that in writing? Feel like that happened. No, They're probably getting you to go away. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you really? Do you know what I mean? When you see those, when like a celebrity passes away, and then everyone like, I love picturing people going into their iPhoto trying to find the photo of them with the dead celebrity because everyone's just like scrambling. Right. And then it's them with the dead celebrity, and they're saying, "I remember this was one of the great days of my life." And it's just the celebrity took a thousand photos that day. 
And you see the celebrity like trying to get away from them in the picture. Like, you know exactly how that went down. You know that the person was just trying to be nice. But also it's like their way of commemorating the celebrity is bragging about how like I wasted his time once. Right. And asked him for a photo at an airport. And you're like, right. Right. Cool. And I remember when yeah. I took this photo, the athlete, the amazing athlete turned to me and said, you could have been so much greater than me. <laughs> I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of yours. In all the selfies I take with people on the mm-hmm. street, it's clear they're trying to get away from me. <laughs> oh, that's make, what it is for I make me it now, go yeah. too, I make it go too long. Well, because I have so many questions about my own place in, in this business, and I'm always like, what do you know me from? Just like, how do you know me? Like, right. I always want it. And they're like, and then they start breaking down and being like, I don't know. I saw someone else take a picture with you. And I just thought I would. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I thought you were Amanda Pete. Like, I, I don't know what this is. Like, why are you yelling at me? Like, don't, shouldn't you know this? Oh, this is my favorite one. I, I get this. Well, there'll be like a couple of people that say like they want a selfie, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll, it'll be a group of three. Mm-hmm. So there'll be, there'll be three, three people. And uh, one person will say, can I get a selfie? I'm like, uh, sure. So I do a selfie, and then the other person goes, can I get one too? Yeah, sure. And then the third person, I'll say, uh, do you want one also? And they'll say, I'm good. And I'm always, I'm so needy that I'm always like, what the fuck, you're good. I know, and you're it good. It takes a second. Right. What do you mean, I'm yeah. good? No, I don't want any image of me with you. You can delete it. No, I'm good. What if we used a piece of soap that looked like an iPhone and you we could just pretend it for my sake that you wanted a picture with me? No, no, no. I'm really good. I get that. I definitely get that. And then I get people like, because you notice, you never know how known you are because I think when one person has the audacity to come up and ask, yep. then like 10 people sort of come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, we'll get one too. But I get a lot of... Like one person will come take a selfie and then other people will start glomming on. And then as people walk away, they'll be like, who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're like, I'll get it and figure it out later. Right. Type of thing. And uh, I, I also get a lot of guys that are like, hey, I don't know who you are. But can we, my girlfriend likes you, so can we just get a pic? And I'm like, can you just, like, what? You don't have to hurt my feelings <laughs> well, during that's someone, this exchange. That's someone needing to let you know. That's about their insecurity. Yes. That's, can I ask you something about um, when you were young? Were you tall very young? No. Huh. I was not tall very young. I was, I grew uh, very quickly, fairly late. Hmm. So. Like in your teens? I was in my 40s. <laughs> I was 44, yep. I think, yep. and I uh, and I there was it was a nuclear accident. <laughs> I was I was near the Fukushima plant, and uh, anyway, the point is, he said, so that LA smog. Yeah, uh, I recently uh, a therapist that that I. Um, uh, my therapist. What am I doing? Why am I a therapist I know? What was that? That was weird. Wait a minute. Just You've like, been to therapy? I was talking to this therapist at a party. Like, <laughs> what am I? My therapist that I pay. I have a standing appointment this for eight This news just years. in. Yeah. Really, Whitney Cummings has had therapy. I repeat, Whitney Cummings has had therapy. She'll never work again. Crazy Cummings, they call her. If, she, if she's two minutes late, I unravel. Like, what? what is this performance of pretending you're I don't go to therapy? You know what I love that you're acting like it's 1928 and you're a presidential candidate. And I have been to a therapeutic doctor. <laughs> Campaign over. Oh, you know this therapist I hang out with socially as if you've ever met a therapist at a right, party. Now right. I have so many questions. But she was telling me about sort of how big of a deal your height is uh, in terms of the way you develop as a person. Right. Because I have this person in my life who she's very insecure. She's very emotional. She's very intense. Um, and my therapist was like, how tall is she? And I was like, oh, she's like 5'3". And she's like, oh, well, yeah, she's short. She's scared. 
just her amygdala gets activated more easily because she's short and she's scared. Right. And it just was this weird thing that I just never thought of. And I think that I had to be more precocious as a kid because I was tall, very young. So you were tall, young, because women do develop faster. People knew or people thought I was older than I was. So I kind of had to pretend I was older than I was. And I think I got more serious than I should have been given my height. Yeah. I um, was always blown away by the fact that when I was in grade school, there was like two kids. There was one kid in particular. He was just much taller than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And I think like in fifth grade or sixth grade, he had stubble and a deep voice. Mm -hmm. And he had a way of walking around where he sort of was like the Marlboro man. (laughs) And I was, I was an animated Japanese little girl, you know, I was like, uh, and, and I couldn't, I looked at this guy and he'd be like, uh, you know, okay. All right. Okay. And he had a girlfriend and, and I just, I, it was, I was so far removed. And I remembered him thinking, oh my God, that's an adult. He's an adult. So then I think I ran into him at a reunion later on and he's short. (laughs) (laughs) Which was just such a, such a, it blew my mind that- he was this giant to me, and uh, yeah. and it turns out, he, and it's not that he's short, but he's like, you know, he's like five nine, huh. and I'm just like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not. It's not what it was a mirage. It yes, was, it's like yeah. when you go back to your uh, elementary school uh-huh. and all of the. Uh, all of the water fountains are like an inch off yes, the ground. Yes, so true. And you think, I remember <laughs> trying to leap up to get some water. There's like a little hook and you're like, how did I even get my face? How did I even get my face under that Our little- faces were shaped different then. We what? had long, pouty lips. By the way, what what, <laughs> we had, what was that little thing that covered the water spout? That was, I think, I don't know why like, that was there. What was that? It serves no real purpose, frankly. You got to think that there was some theory in the 50s or mm-hmm. the 60s when they were putting that in. Yeah, like, we need this to protect yeah. us from the communists. <laughs> if communists see our gums, they'll defeat us. You would us. just hit your face on it and get like impetigo or so. Like it served no purpose for the water. I've never thought about that before. What's impetigo? Impetigo. Does anyone know what impetigo is? I might no. even be saying it wrong. It's like a skin infection. I forgot about how many. Oh, you mean impetigo. Am I saying it wrong? No, I just said that. <laughs> I just never. said that. I have no idea what it is, like, but I wanted to make you insecure and it worked. I was, oh, you mean impetigo. You. Where's this impetigo? I guess I'm going to have to start going to therapy because yeah. you just made me insecure. Well, if only you knew a therapist. <laughs> I No, I, I have friends having kids now. You've been um, uh, already through all this. Like, I forgot about how much like head lice I had as a kid, how I had a face infection. Remember head lice? Yeah, did you have Why head lice? Why are you turning to I don't know. this random guy in our studio, Aaron Blair, and saying, remember head lice? Because I that's felt like ins- I was bombing that's and I feel like to- he's more likely to fake laugh at me. <laughs> what? You thought you were bombing with me? Yeah, I was like- I'm I- giving it up left and like, right. So Willingly. <laughs> I had a facial infection called impetigo. It was like a skin infection right. that kind of looked like acne when I was a kid. And I had at the same time I had head lice. And this went on for like oh. two years. Yeah. And I think we just- You hideous ghoul. I was. I was. It was called impetigo. Maybe we found an antibiotic or I wasn't vaccinated Remember properly. when you had leprosy? Yeah, I told you to think. Remember? It was that- And, and both your hands fell off? And my jaundice or whatever it was. And- I lived in a wheelbarrow. I, yeah, I, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I have a this lot of questions terrible. about the vaccines I did or didn't get. But I had, and that's just a really traumatic of thing course. as a kid. Yeah, having you know acne and stuff like that. So what? What would you say were the things that were either good in your life when you were a kid or not so good that probably helped you be funny? Oh, what a great question! Uh, my dad 
you know, I think we love to beat up on our dads and moms for not being good parents. It's like very in vogue right now, but like they had no tools. So a couple of things I'm going to say are going to, you're going to cringe because we now look at it as bad parenting or maybe like abuse. You guys Uh, would all make out. (laughs) (laughs) The incest. We did that too. I feel like the incest really took me to another level. We did a lot of of group making out in my family. (laughs) Hey, it helped us. There was a lot. I mean, it's an Irish thing. We were poor. I mean, we would, I slept with my mom till I was like 13. I mean, there's a lot of shit that looking back now, people are like, well, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, my baby's eight months old and she's still in bed with me. And I'm like, oh, is that bad? Because I did that like, right. until I was a full on adult. Um, right. But I, my dad was very, uh, for lack of a better word, like paranoid and questioned authority all the time. And I remember we would be reading like textbooks to study for quizzes. And he'd be like, well, how do we know this book is right? Like who made, who decides this? Like he, and it was so annoying at the time uh, because I just needed to learn whatever was in there. But he was like, who wrote this book? Like, how do we know this is true? Like he would, and it seemed so crazy. Like, yeah, George Washington was the first president. <laughs> but really, like, according to who? But he would just be like, yeah, yeah, this letter from George Washington, like, who knows who wrote this? Like, there's no proof of any of this. And he would just sort of, like, go on these, like, rants about it. And, you know, we go to the grocery store, and it would say, like, organic apple. He's like, who decides this? They put a sticker. How do we know this is true? Like, he would just, like, hold up the line, you know, in grocery stores, questioning things and challenging things. And it was super embarrassing at the time. Yeah. But it really did plant the seed in my head to always play devil's advocate, and that's that's kind of what stand up is. Right, right. You know, like yeah. he he would he wouldn't pay bills on he'd be like, "Ah, oh, this can't be true. I don't remember this happening." Like he just like <laughs> he just didn't believe anyone or anything ever. Like someone would tell us something you're like, yeah, but you can't believe him because, you know, what he You he, can take it too far. You yeah. know, I mean, you can get he, he could get behind the wheel and say, "I don't believe this wheel d- it determines the direction yeah, of he, the car." I think my mind does. Yes. You know, and then later in the hospital, uh, you know, maybe it was the wheel. <laughs> like we go to a restaurant. <laughs> like we go to a restaurant restaurant and I would say like what's good to the waiter and they would say like the pasta or whatever and then I go great I have the pasta and he's like you can't trust him he works here like how do you know that there's something about the this and you can't believe him he has right. a stake in it like of right. course he's going to tell you that <laughs> like he just convinced me everyone was always lying to me which really damaged my ability to have relationships but <laughs> it does sort of develop this little muscle in your brain to question everything which is I think kind of what we do yeah in a way yeah I, I think it's obviously very in vogue for people to question how they were raised mm-hmm. and a lot of times I just think I don't know I'm I'm more of the everybody did the best they could school of thought but yeah I, I always get a little squeamish if someone wants to find what happened what was mis- what was wrong in your family yeah, yeah. that made you funny and I think yeah. no I don't think it's that I really yeah. do think I come there's something wrong with like very Irish Catholic people. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with our brains, uh, and and I, I, I believe because my father is a is a scientist, and he was always yeah. sort of looking at me, going, "Yes, yes, something's wrong with you." What is but the some epigenetics good of, of that? Is it from like the famine or? Uh, I, I think it's a, I really do believe Ireland is a rock mm-hmm. and everybody, uh, lived in a small town and they all married each other. Yeah. And, Ooh. uh, and so, um, I believe that you're like the King Charles Terrier of, yes, <laughs> I'm the King Charles, you know, they're cute, they're gore, but then there's just almost a little off. Yeah. And I've, with I've, them. I've, I've joked about being a hundred percent genetically Irish, which I am. And I've, I've joked about that. And then well, I come from Scotch Irish. So that is like a very, I'm going to get in trouble for this, I'm sure, but as a generalization of like a truculent bunch that essentially moved into West Virginia where the terrain was very hard to master and it just, it bred of sort of very 
particular kind of personality. Right. There's a great book called Born Fighting that the therapist I've met once uh, told me to read <laughs> just about the epigenetics. You're constantly running into the, therapists. I run into them just like, just, I don't know their names. Like, I don't know who they are. And they, they just quickly diagnose you <laughs> while they're handing you like random book suggestions, a burger through a drive-thru like, window. I'm mentally just like nailing it. Um, and, uh, and that was a book that was really interesting to me because that's part of my the epigenetics of sort of my heritage. You're using good words. Thanks. Words I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I didn't You're know like that. You're the smartest person. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I'll, people think that, but I didn't, I, I don't, I'm that. being very honest with you. I don't know the word epigenetics. Epigenetics is basically just sort of like the, um, how the trauma of our ancestors imprinted on our genes. So essentially like, you know, um, they did these studies with uh, mice where they electrocuted them every time they smelled a cherry blossom and their offspring, when their offspring smelled a cherry blossom, they got scared and away. It's the same reason babies are afraid of a picture of a spider, even though they don't know what a spider is. It's just like certain fears are wired into us based on what happened to our ancestors. So it's like if you're super- I've heard this theory that you can inherit yes. a fear mm-hmm. uh, that isn't rational. That's right. I'm terrified of the T-Rex. Uh, the, the, and, and I've <laughs> always been terrified of the T-Rex. You should be. And yet uh, I've never <laughs> encountered one, but I know my ancestors did. Now we're going to get someone to write in, actually dinosaurs and the homo sapiens <laughs> never coexisted. There was a nine million year gap. <laughs> I can't wait till that person. You have some smart fans. I bet it's a nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> error, Conan, error. <laughs> I've caught you this time. <laughs> So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, If you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly go, Monopoly go, Monopoly go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level. But they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and 
or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Do you mind if I take, it's getting warm. Can I take off my jacket? Please, no, I'm not going to call Ronan Farrow if you take off your jacket. It's like Brad Pitt in uh, a Hollywood movie when he's on the roof. This is, okay, the this Hollywood is, okay. movie. What's it called? <laughs> Once Upon a Time Once upon in a Hollywood. Time. I always want to call it Once Upon a Time in La La Land. <laughs> okay, sorry. Last time I was on your show, the other one, we were talking about... Um, comments or people leaving comments or something and you looked at me very seriously and you were like you can't read your comments yeah you can't it was dead serious you were not being facetious and it was almost like we weren't on tv for a second you just looked at me like as a friend and you're like you can't read your comments no good and you know what any constructive criticism that you're going to get in your life Mm -hmm. and i don't even mean criticism i mean advice Mm -hmm. is going to come from the people in your life that you care about yeah they're going to let you know you don't need anything from anybody else. And so I am stunned when comedians, I really anybody, but when comedians I really admire, particularly who are a very sensitive mm-hmm. lot and sometimes dealing with some damage, when they go and read anonymous comments mm-hmm. about their work yeah. or their appearance, I, uh, you know, I, I just want to like slap them and say, stop. I mean, I can't, you I'm got, not allowed to like, slap you. You but. like went cold. Yeah. And said it in a way that I actually needed, and that's what I needed to he- really hear it, you know? And because I was just like, damn, he's not joking. No, no, no. You ju- you can't do it. You you cannot. Uh, I, I've encountered people. Uh, I'll say it because I think he'd, he'd be okay with me saying Barack it. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, once, and he and I used to do it. We were in improv class together. <laughs> And uh, he was like, I'm worried about these comments I'm getting. Uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, we, I did. Um, Gary Shandling once mm. came on my show. And it was, he had been on the show before. And he was talking to me about the comments he read the last time he was on the show on the internet. Mm. And I was like, Gary, you can't read comments. People were just saying it's random like things. And, uh, you know, here's this brilliantly funny, talented man who was in the 1% of the 1% of the mm-hmm. 1% of comedians, and he's reading what some faceless, nameless 
you know, asshole has to say about him. And I thought, mm-hmm. no, that is, and of course, we all have the same flaw, which is you're going to, when you're performing, you're going to, if if 180 people in a room are laughing, but one is not, you're going to see that person. Only one I care about. Yeah. And then you're going to want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me. <laughs> whether, it, whether it's man or woman, if you're not, if you're not laughing, I'm... <laughs> And pansexual. I want, to be, I want you to be inside me. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> any iteration. I just want everyone inside me. Uh, and that'll be the pull quote from this one. Uh, but anyway, I just, I, you cannot, Yeah. I really believe the internet is something that our brains, humans have been developing uh, very slowly, evolving for, you know, 300, $350,000, $350,000. <laughs> I'm obsessed with what I'm making per second <laughs> off of others' misery. Three hundred fifty, uh, three hundred fifty thousand years. That's, that's in your head for some reason. Yeah, it is. I'm constantly, every second, I'm monetizing everything. And if you were, if you were is to start, how much uh, Blue Aprons paying you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the the, the fracture people, the fracture prints, fracture prints, WordPress. Oh my God, yeah. Oh yeah, you get fracture prints. I get I fracture get them. prints. Yeah. Do you I ever am, look at the ads you get and it like holds up a mirror and you're like, oh, this is who I am. Or this uh, is my demographic. The, yeah, uh, yeah. There'll be times. There's now yeah. a lot of Roman. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the sexual swipes. The swipes. Well, uh, what's a swipe? Roman swipes. Ro- no, is Roman- it Roman for erections? Yeah. Well, I think ultimately everything's for erections. <laughs> so true. <laughs> if you're at a certain age in a certain state Isn't of mind, <laughs> like you can get an, you can get erect looking at an outlet, an electrical outlet. <laughs> Look at that outlet. <laughs> Oh man, I'd know what to do with that. Isn't Roman the brand? Yeah, Roman is the brand of you can discreetly, and I only know about this because I read the ads. But you can right. discreetly get uh, medication but for. But also they, the one I get. For, so this is very telling. I get Roman wipes. They're like baby wipes that you put on yourself to keep an erection. Why do I get those and you get the pills? I've never heard of a baby wipe that you that's put what on yourself. I, that's what, yes, I read that To get an erection? Yes, they're, they're not giving swipes. Me, I, think someone, I think someone's playing a joke on you. I, I think there's no such product. It's not a real company. Yeah, it's not a it's real not company. It's not a real product. <laughs> yeah. They're just trying to see like, if I'll read anything. You know that ad you do for a microwave oven that gives you an erection? That's a joke, Whitney. I'm getting pranked. Uh, no, there's, I get, but I'm just fascinated. Tired of making microwave cookies? And not getting an erection? <laughs> Put your dick in it. Yeah. <laughs> this special insertion. Put tool. your dick in it. It's like code, special code, Whitney. Like yeah, I do yeah. the whole thing. Hashtag. Unreal. Hashtag. 20% off micro, dick micro. Hashtag micro erect Whitney. I feel like none of these are real. This is such a no, good thing. No, I've prank. never heard of a wipe that you use. This Roman is the- makes them, but we get different ads. We get different spots. There's a conversation where they're going to, this is for Conan and this is for Whitney because right. her audience is like this. They like to, they like baby wipes or they like, like, you know, and then he Never wants heard of that. Well, I, uh, it's totally random. It, it's can seem random to me. I don't know what it is. There, the ones I really get confused of, there are ads where I, I read sometimes and you can hear me do it because I'm very honest in the ads about And I love, I, I, to me, that's one of my favorite part of podcasts yeah. is listening to the host And so ads. I will just say, there'll be ads that are, I have no head for business or for, you know, uh, running an office. 
I just, I, I got into comedy to avoid that. Yeah. And there'll be ads that say things like, you know, if you to help you with your business, there's nothing about the ad that describes what it really does. Yeah. You know that, you know what I'm talking about? I'm yeah. not being very articulate um, about it. I, is there, I don't know if it's okay for me to say the product, but Zorro.com yeah. advertises and he, he, Conan has, he's done it so many times, yeah. has no idea what it is. And I say during the ad, I don't know what this is, Zorro, yeah. help me. <laughs> I love it. No one's That's ever reached favorite. out to me. They That's keep buying favorite. ads and, yeah. I, and, I, and it keeps saying like, so for your business and infrastructure, you can move through platforms <laughs> more easily. Make sure yeah. that your managerial chain has the, and I'm like, what is a managerial well, yeah. chain? And if, they, if it was a wipe that would make me a rat, <laughs> I'm happy. I know what I'm doing. But I, that makes me like the company more. Cause I'm like, if they're cool with Conan talking about their company like that, I like these people. I want to see what this company is. You know, like, I just think everyone's so smart now and savvy that you, that's the best way to read an ad is to just be honest and authentic about it and say, I have no fucking clue what this is. I mean, I'll literally be like, insert your own experience here. I don't have any. Anyway, backslide. Like, I just, I don't know yeah. how to be. It's like, the, I think that we're such right brain people that left brain stuff. Like, I just, I cannot do logistics. Tip. Well, it's also, a hieroglyphics to me. I think, I think initially when I was, when they proposed the idea of doing a podcast to yeah. me, I said, well, wait a minute. Do I have to read ads? And they said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I could do that because my whole life is just being myself. Yeah. So I don't know if I could do that. And then I said, I said, am I allowed to just say whatever I think about the ad? And they said, yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that's different because I will make it very clear mm -hmm. to the person listening that it, I think it's quite clear I've just been handed this piece of paper. And to and me, that I think- I'm just, by the way, we're just destroying our business model. I love, I lo this is so meta. Unless I, it's Porsche, I, a fine machine. I- feel like the closest to you when I'm hearing you read ads and kind of be like, huh? Like, what is, I don't really know what this is. Like, to me, that makes me feel like I'm hanging out with you. Right. And I think people demand that now. Right. It's not enough to be talented and funny and have shows. You have to be someone's best friend. <laughs> like, and that's just the new business model. It's right. just everyone has to be able to have access to you all the time. And I think that is to me when I'm like, this isn't scripted. I know no one else is doing this. I know he's never done this before. I know this isn't rehearsed. Like, I truly feel like I'm in a room with him. Right. You know, I think the ads are some of my favorite things to listen to on podcasts. Do you, uh, let's talk about what you're going through now oh. in your life. I want to take you through, I want you to tell me what's, what's Whitney going through now? What's, what is your journey now? What are you working on? What would you do if I said, well, Whitney right now is going through some, would you say something? If I referred to myself as Whitney, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, I'd say, well, you're probably a really good NBA player. Occasionally, they refer to themselves in the third person. Can you imagine <laughs> if I just started talking in third person? I think we should just both do it. We so should right just now, both Whitney decide. is really busy. <laughs> Whitney, Whitney's just taking care of Whitney right now. Whitney's just doing doing her. Yeah. Whitney's slaying. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of like how we could possibly react to someone who behaved that way. I am... Uh, like, can I get personal? Can I ask please. you, are you uh, in a relationship right now? I or are you was engaged and I'm not engaged anymore. Okay. Because right. um, planning a wedding was too stressful for me. Okay. Because I'm not good at logistics and I felt too much pressure. And it's actually- Are you still with the person just not engaged? Not currently. Okay. All right. Not so currently. It, it blew up the whole thing. Yeah, my personality just blew it right up. Well, uh, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying that the calling off of the engagement sort of disrupted the whole thing. It was like, let's put a pause. Let's just like put a pin in this. Right. And, uh, and it's actually wild because I haven't really been talking about it much. This is the first time I've talked about it, certainly on a podcast. And, um, and it's so hard for me to tell people because it's just so hard on them. 
the reaction is so wild. They're like, oh, you were so close. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Like, it's so hard. Which for is them. not what you need to hear. Yeah. No, it's I just like I, I feel like I have to take care of everybody else in this moment. I also, you know, I'm living alone again. And there's something really wild that happens when you live alone in your 30s where everyone thinks you're like going to fall. Everyone's just like, well, what's going to happen if you fall? I'm like, how are you walking yeah. around your I'm house? I'm in my 30s. Like, I walk very slowly. I wear shoes sometimes. Like, People are really upset about the idea of me falling in my house and no one being able to call. It's so funny you say this because my doctor recently, I just had a regular checkup and he went, now one thing you do need to think about is you are quite tall. So if you fell, that could be bad. And I thought, we're having a fall conversation? I'm a very very healthy, relatively young man, and you're having the fall conversation with me? I was shocked. And then, and then, and then you are a lot younger than me, and I'm like... It's a comedian thing, I don't know. No, and they're like, well, you could fall. And I thought, like, who's helping you, Conan, who's helping you get to the toilet? But do I not look like I could get back up if I did fall? Like, it's just, it was, I'm telling you, I would say 60% of the people I bring up, I'm single again now, and I'm living alone. And they're like, well, what if you, this is how I get a lot. What if you slip in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Because that's the only reason you were in a relationship. <laughs> it was that or get grab bars. <laughs> I know, I love that that is that's, the reason everyone's I getting like married. That a spouse is really just a grab bar. Is that, is that really what we've reduced <laughs> just someone to call marriage to? An ambulance when you fall. I mean, it's just a. Do you take this grab bar t- <laughs> to be near you when you shower and no, near the toilet? No, but everyone is worried I'm going to slip in the shower. And I'm like, how are you showering? <laughs> I get in, I stand there, I wash my, and then I get out. Like there's no, there's not a ton of movement. I, oh, that's how you do it. I, I, I suds up my feet real good before I get foot, in, yeah. one foot at a time, and then I get in uh, and I, uh, just I just start, start start pouring the oil everywhere. Start pouring the oil around, <laughs> and then I just move like Shakira as fast as I can. And then we see what happens. And half the time I fall. I mean, it's just like, I've never been in my house and been like, well, whoa. Like, it's never happened. No, I know. And look, I know that, yes, I'm not, I know that we're going to get to a place in our lives. I understand that there's going to be a time in my life Mm -hmm. when I need to worry about a fall. But the fact that my doctor brought it up now really upset me. It's it's a lot. Yeah. It's like when I went to, I froze my eggs when I was 32. And then I went back in to see if I was going to freeze more eggs or freeze embryos. Or I thought you went back in to look at the eggs. Just to check them out. I just want to see if they're hatching <laughs> they're properly. Yeah, they're, behind, I just, they're behind the sorbet. Like, I just want to check in on them. I don't want to be a deadbeat mom. Like I want to like visit my eggs. You know, let them know I'm here. Um, well, we I, toss those. I don't know my responsibility to them at all. They're like in Hermosa. They have like a beachfront view. Um, they are. My dead. eggs live in Hermosa? They, they do. That's they're, fantastic. That's where the fertility <laughs> place is. It's so weird. And... Uh, <laughs> and so I went in and the, the the doctor was like, oh, you know, if you wanted to do like in vitro or any of those things, because it would be a geriatric pregnancy. So anything over 35 is considered geriatric. And it's just like, I'm not like a stickler about words, but that is just like, I was like, I feel like we can beat that word. Mm-hmm. For- yes. Yes. And I was like, do you have to call geriatric? And he had such a rehearsed response. Like, it's clear every woman freaks out yeah. when he says that. And he's like, I know we're working on it. I, also, can I just say, we live in an era where you're constantly seeing in the news that a 62-year-old woman yeah. gave birth. Yeah. Now, granted, the kids all look like Civil War generals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Why did he know what that means? Well, they have felt hats and long beards. 
you know. Some missing fingers. Some peg leg. They're all just racist. Yeah, they're terribly racist. They're from the antebellum South. Anyway, the point is the uh, now we'll get a call. Now we'll get Antebellum after the war. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the point being that uh, yeah, that seems unfair. I, I think that that seems narrow mind. That's the wrong term. It like is what it is. It's just sort of an. It's like the word secretary. Like it's just like like a, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and he was like my secretary and I was like like that was just such an odd word yeah. even though do you know what I mean like yes. imagine yeah if Conan ever called me his secretary <laughs> I would, like what I'm not over here I don't like, know what, what I are do. you because you're not my assistant I am your assistant but an assistant would assist okay oh I'm sorry <laughs> I love your relationship you are my you are how you're legally torment? legally ba- you're yeah. legally bound because if you ever leave you can sue yeah. him. Yes. You, are, you are my oh, yeah. Yeah, you he's are your my, retirement. Plan. You are my paid tormentor. Yeah. <laughs> no, Son and I are in this for the long plan. haul. But I'm not a, like I I'm very humble to biology and science. I think just that it's like biology sexist. Sorry, and uh, but I do I do think all these sort of like really rich women getting pregnant in their fifties. It's it's going to make people go like oh I can get pregnant. It's like no you can't. It's three hundred fifty thousand, probably also, dollars to, I also to do that. Think there's a there's a a thing that's true for men too, which is once you've had kids and you know mm. what that what the toll it takes on your life and how much energy you mm. need to have. Mm. Uh, the idea that it, and it's not that I'm against it, but yeah. when I think what, when guys think, oh, I'll have a kid when I'm sixty five, yeah, yeah. I think, do you know what's involved? Do you, you understand have, what's involved? You might fall. Yes, <laughs> you're already you'll fall you're on already the, in the fall zone. <laughs> you'll fall on the child. Here I go. <laughs> the one thing I want to do when I do fall, whenever that is, is say, here I go as I go down. I I this is this is I actually. Actually true. So I recently fell. <laughs> Maybe this you, so you did fall. <laughs> this wasn't at home. It wasn't. At home. It wasn't at home. And uh, I, I was. I have a horse that I uh, work with. Yeah. And I was. This like, is your crate. Your sentence is so crazy right now. I, I did fall. I have a horse. <laughs> we live in a pyramid. I each sentence. Each word you say is so crazy. I speak in limericks, and I was on the side of a fence. And I was trying to mount my cell phone to video myself with my horse. This is even more embarrassing. And so I was like standing on a fence to try to put my phone on something. And there was a like a concrete wall and the fence. And I fell and almost hit my head on the concrete wall. And I was going down and I saw the concrete wall and I had I was like, oh, you're about to die. Like you're about to break your neck. Like I had it. And then I went, um, I went, oh, come on. I don't know if I was going to die or not, but I think the closest I've come to it, that was what I thought. Oh, come on. Because you're probably thinking, like, this is how I go. It was like, oh, not today. Like, it was such a weird thought. And I don't know if it was just because on some sort of primordial, like, subconscious level, I knew I wasn't going to die. So that's what I thought. But I I did go, oh, you're about to die. And I just went, oh, come on. Like, what a hassle. Like, I have to die today? Like, on top of everything else I have to do? Like, Am I I dressed for the corner? Totally. I was right like, oh, I should have put on some like lip gloss. Like what? It was just felt like a hassle. It was. It was and then the like, horse was like, "Your friends were right. You're gonna fall." I mean, I horses talk. We sure do. It is wild though when you talk to people that are married and they're like, "Well, what's gonna happen if you fall?" I'm like, is that why you got married? It's the only reason. I think. Um, 
but uh but yeah so that was kind of a journey uh i hate when people say journey um but i also was just like the wedding's too overwhelming like i'm very codependent i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings you know so i think for me it's like the idea of planning a wedding and not inviting people it just brings up a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. But everyone wants to go like, well, why don't you just go down to City Hall? Why don't you just... It's like, well, if, you want me to go downtown? Then we'll definitely break up. I mean, that that to me, like looking for parking, yeah. we're going to break up. No, if I had had to go to downtown LA downtown. to marry my wife, uh, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get I, why We people... went to Seattle in the rain, That's and that was easier. Oh, that sounds nice. Seattle in the rain. Yeah, really? I love the rain. Oh well, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the venue. You got was married made of, in Seattle. In, well, she, my wife's from Seattle. Oh, cool. So we went up there and we got married in uh, in what was it? It was in January. Mm-hmm. And it was so dark and oh, it was wow. raining really hard. And it was such a contrast because in the morning we got up really early and flew to. Mexico for mm. our honeymoon. So it was just contrast. Yeah. And we woke up in the morning and we were staying in this like kind of nice hotel and who walks in but Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God. And he said, I saw on the news that you got married. <laughs> and I was like, I can't handle, I was just in Seattle in the rain in the dark and now Arnold Schwarzenegger's at the next table in Mexico going, <laughs> I saw on the news that you got married, congratulations. <laughs> and then I'll never forget this. A guy walked up with a telephone it was actually like a, a, you know, like a, it was like a cell phone, but it was one of those ones that attaches to the wall. Kind yeah, of cell yeah. Phones. This guy walked up, a waiter walked up and handed him a phone and said, call for you, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Uh, and he extended the antenna and he put it to his head, hit to his ear and he went, hello. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, cartoon villain. He went, hello. And I don't know why, but I remember that more than I remember my honey. I don't remember the rest of my honeymoon. I remembered a giant Arnold Schwarzenegger head congratulating me, and then a cell phone going up to his ear and him going, hello. What did he say? Oh, leave him alone. It's fine. He's, gonna, he's grandfathered in. He's going to fall any he's day. Fall. <laughs> Here I go. I mean, I've just never, my whole thing with falling is I just hope I catch it on the ring camera. That's my big thing is if I fall, just make sure you get you it. Want it. You want the just video. Just get it. Make sure you get it. Um, our time has come to an end. Mm. You're really good about ending podcasts. It's impressive. I, uh, I, I, I know some podcasts go on for like four hours, mm-hmm. and I think they should uh, leave them wanting more. Yeah, yeah, say. tighten it up. And you have done that. Uh, I love talking to you. I really do. Thank and you. I, 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 so is it an intimidating one to come on? Well, I hope that's not true. It is. Oh. In a good way. It's a compliment. Uh, very funny, uh, very beautiful, very cool person. So thank, thank you for you. being here. Thank and, you. Um, be you. well. Go into the world and be well. And don't <laughs> fall. <laughs> Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Mm -hmm. They're friendly, certified technicians, have over 270 hours of training, and they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough, free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change, and and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. (laughs) 
And uh, they had me in and out in like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't. So, <laughs> But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. They're illiterate. like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah, yeah, I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah, so if you see Blade driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I Then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. People do like to hear about the real workings of our life together, Sona. And yeah. I think that that's... Uh, it's good to have a very intimate connection with our audience. So let's talk about why you relate today for work. I don't know if we want it to be that intimate. Well, it's not a big deal. You had a right. medical procedure. You, you uh, contacted me this morning and said yes. I'm having a procedure. It won't take long and I'll be a little late. Yeah. I had a cyst removed from my shoulder. Can mm -hmm. I just say trigger warning? Because last time we started with you chewing Conan and people got really pissed. So yeah. there's some probably going to be some pus talk or something. There no. is. There might oh. be. And I'm going to say there are definitely people who love pus and people who don't. My entire bachelorette <laughs> party was popping a blackhead. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? All the girls were, this is so gross. I don't know if I what want to happened? talk about this. Well, it's too late now. Continue. <laughs> well, what ended up being a cyst was originally a, a a blackhead uh -huh. and I have friends who love popping blackheads so all weekend long they were just popping the blackhead wait how many times can you pop it don't you just pop it once no it was really big blackhead oh and this was on your wedding no it was my bachelorette party because at your wedding I thought that thing on your shoulder was a parrot <laughs> It was huge. It wasn't. It wasn't that big. This Should is it? your black head. Yeah, it was on my shoulder, and now and then it was a cyst, and now Wait, so that I had you, removed. How did you cover? What's what's? We'll get to the cyst in a second. But how did you uh, try and hide it? I was at your wedding. You looked quite lovely. I will say. I didn't. Thank I don't you. remember there being any. Did you cover it up with it's makeup? It's not noticeable. It was just like a little tiny bump, and it has. You know, it's a black head. Right. It's just. It's, and so your friends. Uh, it was a never-ending well of buzz. 
So oh, wait, God. so your <laughs> friends just kept attacking your your blackhead for your bachelorette party? Uh, yeah, we were all hanging around the pool, and then there were some people who were like, "I can't even look at that," and others who were like, "Let me have my turn <laughs> popping the blackhead." Oh my God! That's Would incredible. they do it barehanded? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, no, they use salad tongs. You know, oh. everybody has friends who love seeing that stuff. I like, don't. I don't have any friends that would be into that. That's no. not true. You do. You just don't talk about it with them. I don't even know how that would come up. Well, like when I got my cyst on my back removed, okay. I took a photo and sent it to some of my friends. Okay, so today this blackhead turned into a cyst. Yeah. And uh, then you um you you sent me a thing this morning it said I have to I'm going to be late. Yeah, yeah. And you were asking me if it's okay. Yeah, and you said yeah, of course. Yeah. Which was really nice of you. Thank you. For, well, I, you yeah. know, what are you been... going to do when someone has a cyst? They got to have it removed. And... Yeah. What better time than during work hours? Oh, so there it um, is. No, no, there no. it is. It's fine. There it is. Other times you could have done it, but anyway, Ugh. we're going to do shows on Fridays. But uh, so Friday's a good cis day. My um, I, when I was raised, Friday was always cis day. But um, I think uh, globally, Friday is cis day. But whatever, you decided it's a Tuesday, and uh, this will help me give me time to get an egg McMuffin. So what happened? They had, they took out the cyst. So there was originally a cyst on my back. I got that removed three weeks ago. Oh, wait, you had another ago. one? Yeah. That I What's going two. on with you? I am cystic. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea. They said it just happens. There's nothing that- So it's not like a curse or- I've had what? that happen too. I've had two cysts removed. Yeah. One in Hawaii and one that was wait. in my lip and they had to pack it with gauze. I love that you said one in Hawaii wait, and one wait. on my lip. <laughs> What a dumb thing to say. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Where were they? One in Hawaii and one on my lip. Yeah, that's Wow, fair. that's great. That's fair. That's terrific. I take that fuck you back. <laughs> Although, I mean, there's a certain poetry to that I liked. <laughs> that's the strangest, strangest sentence I think I've ever One heard. in Hawaii, one in my lip, and one in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And so, so yeah. Sona... Uh, here's the thing. I've uh, not had much uh, removed from myself uh, okay. in my life. Okay. I have what not. A weird way to word that. Though. I haven't. I've been very fortunate that way. But when I was a kid, uh, I had appendicitis and I had a bad case of appendicitis. And I remembered I was desperate. I wanted to see my appendix when they took it out. And I begged the doctor before they put me under. I think I was like 12. Like, can I see my appendix? Can I just keep it afterwards? I want to look at it. I want to see it. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they put the gas. And then I woke up and they were like, no, we tossed that out, you freak. <laughs> so they just lied to me to get me under. And then they tossed it away and they wouldn't let me. I wanted to see something from my own body. It's cool. I mean, they left me in the room with the little vial. It had liquid in it. And my cyst was floating <sighs> around in it. They left and you I, in the room alone like it was yeah. like a visiting? And I picked it up and I was shaking it. And I was like looking at it. It's Gross. It's really gross. But what I, happens to that cyst now? Are they going to test it for something? They test it in case there's cells that you should be worried about. This is good. I like it when sometimes we dispense useful information to people. So make sure that you get that cyst checked. Yeah, you should get it. I thought it costs money to get a cyst removed, but it's covered by insurance. <laughs> so I've had it for like two years. Wait, you've two. had something growing on your body that concerned you, <laughs> yeah. but you didn't want to spend $220, so you let it wait? It's not even 200 It's a copay. Well, it was like $30. So for thirty dollars, you yeah. let something uh, multiply on your body yeah. without checking it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going to be a responsible person here and say, 
Actually, that sounds like a smart idea. Yeah. I mean, how bad could it be? Uh, a friend of mine had a dermoid, which is a cyst that collects genetic material, and you could have hair in it and nails <gasps> and teeth. Teeth? Oh, my yeah. God. We're turning people off left and right. Yeah, we really are. We should Let me, stop. This reminds, you of, reminds me of something I used to do. I really used to do this because uh, I have many Jewish friends, and when they would have um, a child, they would uh, have the, the, the moil perform the circumcision, you know, on the, on the, chi- on the, on the baby. And I used to love to, there was always like a banquet afterwards. And I always used to say, boy, I sure love the calamari at this banquet. And then I'd have someone, and then I'd do another voice going, there's no calamari at this banquet. And I'd go, (laughs) that killed. I had a rabbi doubled over at the thought that the foreskin had flown into a bowl that I had popped it into my mouth and said, love this calamari. There's no calamari. I killed with that rabbi. I should convert. Well, Sona, I'm glad that you're well because I do care about you, and I'm glad that you uh, took the time. Wish it had been on a non-work hours. Okay. And I think that would have been very easily achieved. You don't need to say that part. Okay. You don't have to say it. You could just say, "I'm glad you figured that out," and uh, that's it. Just, can you do that? Maybe the way you had a, a, a cyst removed. I should have the amount of pay removed from your paycheck okay. that occupied the time it took for you to get the... I'll look into that. Can you just say, anytime you need a medical procedure, of course, you can take as much time off that you need? Well, so now I'm glad you got yourself checked. Uh, you. I do go to the dermatologist a lot. Uh, if anyone has seen me in person, uh, it's a freak show. Um, I look like canned spam in the form of a man. Uh, I have a very freckly pale man and uh, probably need everything removed and then reinstalled. What? So I hope this has been a good public service announcement. Get yourself checked. Don't grow up with freckles. It's a horror show. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>